they can compare themselves to the actual Vikings in uh, Iceland and, and can see what part of their genome is, is Viking. They no longer have to use substitutes such as modern day this or other population that claim to have Viking descent. These are the, the original Vikings with the shields and, and horns and bones <laughs> and, <laughs> and boats with dragons, the dragon head and everything. I'm Pete Ferrand, and this is The Time Traveler's Suitcase. You just heard the words of a paleogeneticist, meaning that he investigates ancient DNA and has created algorithms to match the current population. And that means you to those ancient people. So you can know, he says, accurately where your ancestors came from, sometimes down to the village level, all made possible by recent discoveries. It's newly available from DNA consultants. And so, in a moment, what inspired this and how it all works as we interview Dr. Aaron Elkhaik in England. DNA Consultants is the sponsor of the Time Traveler Suitcase. It's a company that has been helping people find their ancestry for more than 15 years. The founder, Donald Yates, has written a number of popular books that have now become audio titles like Cherokee DNA Studies, Real People Who Proved the Geneticists Wrong. This is the audiobook featured in our first few episodes. His pledge, then and now, was to treat every customer's family history with the same care as his own. That idea was behind the DNA Fingerprint Plus, Cherokee Ancestry Test, and now Primeval DNA. Based on the discoveries of Israeli-American geneticist Aaron el it is the world's first ancient DNA test series. Could you match both modern-day Israeli Jews and ancient Israelites? It's possible but it's only possible at DNA Consultants. Visit us online at www.dnaconsultants.com. Check out the latest in DNA research on modern-day populations and ancient peoples like Vikings, early American Indians, Stone Age Europeans, and others. You'll be delighted and amazed. We're talking about genetics and the DNA that's been preserved for many thousands of years and applying that to modern populations. Our guest, Dr. Eren Elkhaik, was the lead author of a paper published last month called Ancient Ancestry Informative Markers for Identifying Fine-Scale Ancient Population Structure in Eurasians. We'll find out what his project was in just a few moments. Dr. Elkhaik is an Israeli-American geneticist a faculty member and head of a laboratory. Originally from Israel, he is an American citizen. He specializes in genetic epidemiology, population genetics, molecular evolution, and personalized medicine in the Department of Animal and Plant Science at the University of Sheffield in Sheffield, England. 
He's also known as a paleogeneticist with a doctorate in molecular evolution from the University of Houston, Texas, with postdoctoral work at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. We began this interview with our previous podcast. By extracting DNA from the remains of people buried for thousands of years around the world, when presented with the DNA of people around today, with technology developed by Erin el and available through DNA consultants, it's possible to identify where people's ancestors were located. So I asked Dr. el about its impact, why people get involved with this beyond academic curiosity. The point is there is a need uh, for people to know whether they want to be president or they want to get benefits or they just want to tell some uh, interesting story on, on uh, to, to, to their neighbors and, and, and on family on Christmas Eve. And, and we need to be there to make these tests available for them and to be as accurate and as meaningful as possible. And, and this is some of the motivation for uh, this new generation of tests that are based on ancient DNA, because I hope everyone would agree with me. It is far more interesting to say, hey, look, I'm 5% Viking, really Viking, not Irish, Viking, uh, and, 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 uh, and 7% uh, Roman Britons. Again, not, not really some English were telling us his, uh, you know, 10 grandfathers went all the way to Roman time, but no, really. Uh, uh, guys who came from uh, uh, Rome and ended up in Britain uh, than, than, uh, than contemporary results. And it's very educational because we're providing a lot of uh, information about those uh, ancient skeletons and the cultures and encouraging people to go ahead and continue exploring their ancestry. So um, putting it in that right phrase, rather than, rather than telling people, here is your new identity, you know, start learning how to fence or <laughs> keep you, <laughs> kill people with axe, throwing axes or something. Uh, you don't need to change who you are, but this is a small part of you that you may want to read about. Now, somewhere you refer to as the gadfly of the genetics world. Can you mm-hmm. explain what that's all about? The Gad, Gadfly. Gadfly of the genetics world. Gadfly, G-A-D-F-L-Y. It means iconoclast, maybe, or somebody who is, uh, goes, goes on his own and it doesn't follow the status quo, doesn't follow the established pattern. Well, that's an um, unfortunate side effect of our field. Um, in, in this this uh, popul- field of population genetics, unfortunately, is 90% emotions really? uh, and less than, 10, <laughs> less than 10% science. Wow, and and there's lots of clicks here. I, I hear it's from other fields, but I refuse to believe it's as bad uh, as in population genetics. Uh, just because we're dealing with 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 issues that related to identity, to who you are, uh, who you where you come from, um, who your people are, where do they come from, and so on and so forth. We're coming to a field that already has a lot of knowledge and ideas and beliefs about what the answer should be, either from religious or from historical perspective. And uh, this field from it, it from the early days already uh, had all those clicks developed, and they aligned themselves with commercial companies and told them what they want to hear, so they can make a lot of money and so on and so forth. Um, I um, so um, I never saw myself as belonging to any of, the, of those gangs. Um, I read their papers; I didn't like them. Um, I thought they were nonsense. I did not think they were doing any good service, not either to the people or to science. Um, so I uh, criticized some of those papers, which uh, helped uh, uh, put me on the uh, other side <laughs> okay. um, of those gangs. 
um, and began developing uh, my own tests following the scientific principles that I was trained to do at, uh, at Johns Hopkins and University of Houston. Um, so I developed, for example, uh, the geographic population structure, GPS, which is the most accurate tool to date that can take somebody's DNA and tell them where it is from anywhere in the world with an accuracy of village in some cases. So this is engine behind GPS origins that is now uh, available by home DNA is available online. Um, and now we're developing this new generation of ancient DNA based on this technology that I developed. Um, so other people don't do that. They prefer to do uh, other things that I don't think are important or, or accurate. And I uh, and this is where uh, I diverge from the fields. Okay. Now, can you prove this in some way uh, that the uh, information that you have is in fact accurate? How does anybody check that or verify that? Uh, the ancient DNA? Yeah. Uh, the ancient DNA is provided by other labs. Uh, whether it is accurate or not is being uh, tested by ourselves and many others. The way we test those things is by the strength of numbers. If you have uh, 10 Armenians and, and one or two of them don't look like Armenians or don't look like any of the Caucasian uh, populations, then, then it's probably a mistake. Uh, because there is really no way to know if the DNA is correct. So just by the sheer of numbers and, and with time, we will be able to uh, go through the data and decide what do we keep and what. It may be that there are Armenians who came from really far away, of course. I mean, yeah. there may be endless uh, situations why this guy who's really different ended up there. But um, again, the more data uh, we have, the more we can call what is right and what is wrong. But it's, it's very difficult to say. Archaeologists and other people in this field have been digging up individuals for years and creating a big database. And you're matching people against the database. Is that the gist of it? Yes, exactly. So, uh, but not only that, um, I joined in uh, July to uh, one of the greatest uh, archaeologists in Israel. His name was Israel Finkelstein. And I dug uh, some in uh, Tel Megiddo. It's what Christians call Armageddon. Um, and we dug, I dug some um, ancient Israelites there, and I got their DNA, and now it's been sequenced. So I'm not only waiting for other people to generate the data, I start generating data myself. And digging was the greatest, one of the greatest moments of my <laughs> long career, <laughs> getting outside of my lab and just, yeah. you know, get, fill your hands in dirt and, and dig just like any, you know, good 10-year-old. That's right. fun. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I'm sure it is, and you get, get a sense of, of accomplishing things. What did I see recently about Neanderthals mixing with modern-day people or British people or something like that? Have you, have um, you seen that? There's yeah, some, so these, yeah. Uh, these hypotheses come all the time. Um, we are speaking of being maverick. I'm, I'm more familiar with this term. We are also writing a paper that um, will refute this entire branch um, of, of uh, paleogenetics uh, because it is based on incorrect assumptions. Uh, we believe it is based on the assumption that Neanderthal never interbreed with Africans. Uh, just because Neanderthal were found here and Africans are found there, um, we don't think this is a good enough reasoning to discount that. And once you do not discount that, you can see there is actually mixing with Africans. So, which which just changing this uh, basic assumption will change all these results that you just mentioned. But yes, a lot of people trying to understand what um, fraction of the Neanderthal is is in us. And right now, numbers are between 1% and 3% for, for Europeans, which is pretty close to zero, uh, <laughs> more than anything else. Uh, but this is what we're talking about. 
But are there people, I, I guess they, what, what I read is that there are some people who have far greater percentage of Neanderthal in their background, and that may affect things like problems of sun exposure or a drug reaction or something like that. Um, I think it's far more likely that all these problems came from other places other than Neanderthal. Um, and I, um, y- y- yes, there are people who are trying to identify the specific regions um, of the Neanderthal and which how do they map to the human DNA and said, oh, okay, this is why uh, they're, you know, speech problems or whatever. This, these studies are extremely uh, uh, subjective and speculative. Um, I, I, there are many other scenarios by which those genes could have uh, in, entered the human population. It doesn't have to be from the Neanderthal. Um, and, and there is a big gap of 30,000 years for all those things to have happened. We just have the Neanderthal, you know, standing there 30,000 years ago. Yeah. But, but a lot of happen, uh, things happen uh, in between. Um, so we don't need to make this assumption just to explain uh, this and that phenotype. It just makes a nice story, but yeah. very speculative. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to think of, of these Neanderthal being a slightly different species, yep. having an influence on us thousands and thousands of years later. But as you said, it's, it's hard to prove. Also, you had gotten involved with Jewish genealogy and Ashkenazi's Jews and where they came from and the mixture of the Rhineland thesis and all this. Um, yeah, so the first uh, Jewish genomes became available in, uh, in uh, about 2009 and, and later on. And this is uh, what uh, prompted me to uh, uh, develop population genetic skills because uh, the first papers... Uh, traced Jews to the Middle East, but I haven't was not convinced by the evidence. And when I redid this analysis, I got something completely different. In fact, Ashkenazi Jews were traced to the Caucasus region and were much more similar to Armenians, Virginians, our uh, Caucasus populations more than uh, Palestinians and the Bedouins. Do you, which... Excuse me. Do you believe they they originated in the Caucasus then, or? originated somewhere and moved en masse and stayed there for a long time in the Caucasus? Well, that's, 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 the, uh, that's the big question, right? Okay. Um, so um, I, don't, I don't have a good answer. It seems that the uh, Ashkenazi Jewish DNA um, does not look like any other uh, population uh, because it is a mixed, it is a hybrid of um, Greco-Romans and, um, and Iranian populations. And no other population in the world looks like that. And this is why we cannot find match for Ashkenazi Jews. Um, where, where This is where my personal story now, now begins. Um, when I did my first uh, genetic analysis in family tree DNA, they told me I'm 100% Ashkenazi Jews, Jew. And I couldn't understand that because I should be 0% Ashkenazi Jews. My parents are from uh, Italy and Iran. But um, and, and I put it aside. I just thought it's, it's, it's an artifact. But only later on when I moved on with my studies and was able to see that Ashkenazi Jews are actually a mix of, of Iranian and, and Italian. This is when I realized this is why family tree DNA thinks I'm 100 percent Ashkenazi Jews. I look like Ashkenazi Jews because I have the same exact mixture just by chance because my parents happened to meet in Israel like that and created an Ashkenazi Jew again. <laughs> uh, Th- oh, okay. Thousands of years after they were created uh, uh, somewhere in the Caucasus uh, region. Um, so, um, so this is what what I believe. Now, whether they got um, uh, uh, some kind of gene flow from from the Levant, um, this we can certainly answer with the ancient DNA data that we have. Okay, and what is the Levant? 
for those of us who are not Middle Eastern familiar? Uh, the Levant is a region comprising of uh, Israel, uh, Syria, Lebanon, and maybe a small part of uh, Western Jordan. The region where the ancient Israelites um, developed uh, their first sense of uh, nationalism, if we can call it like that. Very, very uh, problematic word to use, but uh, easier to, to uh, understand. Yeah, the, uh, we have to talk. If we talk about Ashkenazis, you kind of have to talk about Sephardics as well. Yes, but then we have to cover, you know, Ethiopian Jews and Yemenite Jews and everybody else, uh, which which I can do as well. Um, Sephardic Jews, um, I believe, also came from the Caucasus region, uh, perhaps Western Turkey, which um, uh, it seems this way because of their similarity to Ashkenazi Jews um, on the one hand and the fact that their their genome is not mapped where they live. Um, by contrast, Yemenites. Um, Ethiopian, Indian, Iranian Jews, all of these populations are very well predicted to where they are, suggesting that they emerge from converts in the region. Whether they mixed with Israelis or not, it's, it's besides the point. Uh, but these populations look just like um, Iranian, Ethiopian, and so forth, non-Jews. Do you have evidence that the Jews interbred as the other groups did? Yes, uh, the um, Ashkenazic Jews, um, if we're looking at their DNA and we're trying to map it geographically, uh, we see um, a trend going from ancient Ashkenaz, a region that I identify northeastern Turkey, all the way to Ukraine, which appears like ongoing uh, mixture with the local populations and possible entry point to, uh, to Eastern Europe. Uh, which makes sense, Ukraine. So either they went south or north to the Black Sea. Um, we'll, we're still going to need to figure it out with ancient DNA, but that, that seems like the uh, uh, two possible routes that they took. We're talking to Dr. Aaron Elchaik, a paleogeneticist at the University of Sheffield in the UK. All right, and let's go to the other side of the world here. And what have you discovered as far as uh, American Indian origins? I believe that we still can't tell from... DNA, which tribe somebody comes from? Uh, not yet. Uh, not yet, because Americans, Indians um, do not share their DNA to the same extent as other populations for a lot of different reasons, which I, uh, of course, understand and respect. But they, as a result of that, we're unable to map people to tribe because uh, this data is not are not very available. However, we can do the same exercise as we did with the ancient Britons and ancient Israelites and ask what percentage of your genome corresponds to um, ancient Native Americans. Um, so one of the tests that we're going to launch immediately under uh, the primordial uh, DNA website will be uh, Chumash Indians. Uh, and we will have other Native American groups from ancient times that people can test and compare their DNA to. The origin of the Indians, of the American Indians, was probably from Europe and the Middle East? Some Europe, mostly um, uh, Northeast Asia. Uh, so that was the migration routes, the Bering String. Uh, there was an um, ice path there that they could cross at some point, and then, then they entered uh, North America. Uh, the uh, the uh, slow boat hypothesis for the colonization of South America from Oceania is still not dead. I mean, we can certainly see uh, similarity there between South America and uh, and Oceania, 
But uh, yeah, it's a very complex story with inconsistent results. Uh, so uh, hopefully ancient Dine can shed more light on this. Traditionally, for many years, it's believed the Indians came over through the Bering Strait. Uh, and either an ice pack or they could have taken very simple boats across there at that point. There was a, this other concept that I've read about at various times over many years that the Indians came over from Europe and the Middle East as well. So this isn't this isn't settled yet, I guess. No, no, there are cave paintings in South Africa, uh, South America that that predate the entry, the, the first Native Americans. So it's uh, it, it's very confusing. But um, the number of uh, Native Americans' uh, 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 genomes that are available is growing because of those explorations, and and this is great for anyone living in America and wanting to study their uh, Native American on, um, origins. Not with modern Native Americans because they're also uh, mixed with with Europeans, very recently mixed, but with um, very uh, ancient Native Americans. Uh, if if Senator Warren want to give it another shot, she's very, <laughs> she's very welcome uh, to give it to try uh, with the, our Chumash uh, Native American test. In a few years, maybe I don't know. <laughs> this 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 may change, but that's the nature of of science and scientific research and the accumulation of data over the years. I, I suppose. I guess at some point this is going to be put together with other disciplines because there are similarities. There are interesting similarities among the different groups that I've read about over the years. For instance, every basically every population all over the world has this mythology that there are little people living under the surface of the earth, obviously by different names, but this is widespread across the entire earth. And, you know, you think about that and you say, well, how, how is that how is that possible? With this data, there will be definitely interfaces with lots of other fields. Most of the data generated right now is from time periods that predate uh, written history, uh, predate uh, any languages, um, any uh, uh, writing system. Um, the closest we can have is archaeological records, which, which sometimes are not really available either if you think of uh, you know stone age and, and ice age i mean they, they haven't left much but but my guess is is that the more uh, as time passes we will do more and more more modern ancient dna from from uh the past 2000 years and then it will, it will be a lot easier of uh, to, to ask those questions and, and see how many of those peoples were like dwarfs that may have given <laughs> right to, to the midst of dwarfs and giants and so on uh, yeah. So these are all fascinating questions. Yeah, maybe somewhere there were people living under the surface of the earth at one time. I mean, how do you yeah. how would you dis, how would you disprove that? <laughs> yeah. All right, and I suppose with a DNA consultants, you're working with DNA consultants, and there's what is the service that is about to be about to be launched? Um, so we're going to launch a primeval DNA tests, allowing anyone to um, either take a DNA test if they haven't done it yet or upload their uh, DNA provided from other providers like uh, home DNA or ancestry.com or 23andMe or what and 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 choose whichever test they want and and every test will compare their DNA to a different group of ancient individuals that belong to some kind of culture and came from certain sites um, so the first uh, tests that we would launch would be seven. There will be um, Ice Age Europe, uh, Stone Age Europe, um, Vikings, Roman Britons, 
um, ancient Israelites and uh, Native Americans. Um, and um, of course, I forgot one. Um, uh, and uh, Egyptian mummies. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, of course. Um, and, and they can see ger- their genetic similarity to, uh, to, these, uh, to the ancient people included in each test. So each test will include several individuals. Uh, all from the same site and the same, um, more or less the same time. Um, and um, for a lot of those ancient skeletons, we know the haplogroups, uh, we know the age, we know the coordinates. So that, um, and of course, we provide um, full explanation um, to, to give people context, historical context to the results that we provide. Th- this was the first question that I was asked in the field Do you have the genome of uh, ancient Israelites, ancient Jews, Kohens, priests, King David? Um, the answer is no to all of them, <laughs> okay. but but we have ancient uh, people from Israel, um, and and I can tell you uh, some of them is from the uh, 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 can classify I think to the uh, we have Judah and Menasseh um, and and then one other tribe uh, where where those samples were collected from. Um, so I, I I hope it will be of interest to to a lot of people. So the idea is that somebody who has some idea that maybe they were descended from Vikings would pick that area to compare against? Um, yes, they can compare themselves to the actual Vikings uh, in uh, Iceland and, and can see what part of their genome is, is Viking. <clears throat> they no longer have to use uh, substitutes such as modern day this or other population that claim to have Viking descent. These are the, the original Vikings with the Shields and, and horns and, <laughs> the horns and, and, and bones <laughs> and boats with dragons, the dragon head and everything. And they probably spoke some variant of German. Yeah, probably. We're looking at uh, what year was it? Um, I can't. I can't remember now. But uh, the first Vikings who came to Iceland. Yeah. Okay. And but yeah. but original originally, I believe they did come from Germany, didn't they? Uh, they came from from uh, all over. Some came from. Uh, we we also develop algorithms to tell where those peoples are from. They're they're still on the uh, the drawing board, but we'll make them available as soon as we can. Uh, they came from Denmark, Germany, and and some came from England. Oh really? Okay. All right. Okay. So that I think is any any other uh, future developments that you care to tell us about at this point. Our goal is to give people as much information as we can about uh, about their past and our shared human past. And with ancient DNA, we are capable of uh, doing that um, because these people um, moved all the time. They were not bound by social restrictions like religion and, and, and beliefs such as we have right now. So they were, I claim, far more interesting than, than we were, far more mobile, far more diverse. Um, and we want to bring their story and share that story with with uh, with people who wants to study and care to listen. Uh, so we definitely would like to continue in developing more tests for uh, different populations like the bell beaker and the uh, and the Otsi, the uh, the Icemen and uh, Canaanites and all the people that the closest people may recognize is from Genesis 10, right? Like one of the most ancient uh, genealogical records. Uh, but uh, uh, some of those may not be recognized, but but they were still there and part of our past. We'll do what we can to bring their story forth. 
and, and share it share it with the public. You may find groups that are not known about even today. Uh, absolutely. People that don't even have names, we just call them, you know, cord culture because uh, they were found with some access, but uh, they were there and, and and they called themselves something and they had yeah. some kind of story. Uh, hopefully with time we can figure out what that story was. Thank you very much, Iran, for explaining what primeval DNA is and why it's important and how the process works. Dr. Aaron Elchek is a specialist in genetic epidemiology, population genetics, molecular evolution, and personalized medicine in the Department of Animal and Plant Science. He works at the University of Sheffield in Sheffield, England, which is where he spoke to us from. Thank you. Absolutely. So if you'd like to learn more about Dr. L. Hake and his laboratory activities, you can find his webpage at http forward slash forward slash www.eranelhakelab.org. And I'll spell it slowly, www.eranelhaik. L A B dot O R G. Join us for our next podcast. We'll talk about our experiences once again with real people who proved the geneticists wrong, stories from people who've had their DNA tested, and we'll have tales from various battles over who is or who is not a Melungeon. You can find all of Donald Yates's and DNA Consultants' books on Amazon.com and Audible.com. From Ancestors and Enemies to Cherokee DNA Studies, Real People Who Proved the Geneticists Wrong. Listen to us on iTunes and from the link at DNAConsultants.com. We'd like to hear your comments. Please direct them to the webpage. The Time Traveler's Suitcase is brought to you by DNA Consultants. Check out the webpage at dnaconsultants.com. The program is written by Donald Yates, and I'm host and producer Pete Ferrand. Thanks for listening.